you know, there's marketing, which generates the leads, and then there's sales, which converts those leads. Well, here's a couple of things. 80% of all the deals happen between the fifth and the 12th interaction with the seller. And less than 10% of anybody in this business follows up more than twice, right? So it's, it's multiple, you know, follow-up interactions that make all the money. This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Penn, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today we have Gary Boomershine. Gary is an active real estate investor in the Bay Area and founder of realestateinvestor.com, a website that helps real estate investors build, grow, and scale a profitable business with innovative tools and marketing packages. In this episode, Gary will be talking about the cyclical nature of the real estate market and how his platform helps investors find more deals. If you're new to this podcast, subscribe to the show and leave a review. We release episodes every Wednesday and Sunday and release the show notes on our site, everythingrei.com slash podcast. By the way, if you need help financing your next real estate project, check out Conventus Lending. Conventus is the best hard money lender with amazing rates and incredible service. I've used them for years and they've always been incredibly easy to work with. If you need a hard money loan, contact me at sean at everythingrei.com to get $1,000 off of your processing fee. And if you want to know the secrets of how investors in the Bay Area are making huge profits in one of the most expensive markets in the world, Download the free Ultimate Bay Area Investing Handbook on our website, everythingrei.com. Enjoy. All right, Gary, thank you so much for being on the show today. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know who you are and tell us what you do. Yeah, great to be here, Sean. My name is Gary Boomershine, and you and I are not very far from each other. I'm in San Francisco Bay Area. I live in Danville, California, which is about, I don't know, 45 minutes east of San Francisco. Been doing real estate investing full-time since 2004. It's so funny when I speak at live events around the country, people call me OG. I'm like, Rafael is the one, Rafael Vargas, who's a good friend of mine. He's out of Tampa, big wholesaler. But he's like, you're an OG. I'm like, what's an OG? He goes, an original gangster. I guess if you've been around that long through multiple market cycles, that's what I'm called. But I've had a lot of experience. I love this business. A lot of lessons learned. You and I were preparing for this call and you know, the, a lot of it is learning through mistakes. And I love sharing my experience and what works and what doesn't. I've probably bought and sold, I don't know, seven or 800 properties. I'm active today. I do pr a lot of private lending. I really love looking at this business from a banking finance perspective as opposed to the asset. I still do wholesaling. I work in multiple markets. I do some creative deals. I do some JV splits, which I love because, you know, people bring me the deals and I get to use my talents and, and invest in some of those deals. So yeah, all over the map. And then lastly, I own uh, realestateinvestor.com, which is the largest marketer out there. And I've got about 100 and I think I have 130 people on staff. So we do a massive, I think we've done over 40 million pieces of direct mail for a bunch of us around the country that are focused on finding deals, off-market deals. And then I have a large team that has made over 2 million outbound calls. So a lot of the leads that come in take a lot of phone work. And so I have the team that does all the phone follow-up, you know, until we buy the deal for our members, screening them, having really great conversations to qualify and then schedule appointments. So a lot of us investors just want to go out to, you know, to see properties that are vetted. And so I kind of have the team that does all the hard work and the labor and the phone stuff to get that to happen. Cool. 
Yeah, that's really smart. So let's talk about your own real estate investing background. How did you get started and what were you doing when you first got started? Yeah. So grew up in a family, was kind of an entrepreneurial family. And my dad and my mom had a family real estate business. It was called Boomershine Realtors in the Oakland, San Francisco, Oakland Hills. And so we were also buying rental properties. So I was a little kid and actually my dad had two printing presses in our garage and he was like literally printing, you know, imagine me eight or nine years of age on Saturday morning, printing postcards and uh, letters. That's how he drove his business. So I got in a flavor of that. I was a licensed agent two weeks after turning 18. So that was in 1987 and paid for college by, you know, working in the family business. But I really didn't think about real estate. I actually kind of wanted to go down a different path. So I got recruited to, went to UC Davis and I have a computer engineering, computer science engineering background and went down the technology route, right? (laughs) Silicon Valley, we're right in the heart of it. And I'm now 50. So I was really kind of in the thick of things when the whole internet explosion, the dot-com era. So I did a consulting, I got hired by a top consulting company called Anderson Consulting. It's now called Accenture, one of the largest technology consulting companies in the world. I did that for five years. And then I did four super, super high tech, fast start, high growth startup companies. And I moved from consulting and then learned sales. So I was selling 500 to $5 million software products. Shipped on a CD, right? All digital and having to sell people how to buy, you know, how to spend $5 million on something that you can't even see. So it was awesome. It was that whole thing, though. My wife and I, we've now been married 25 years with two daughters. I was never home and I didn't see the light of the day because I was working like crazy. And my wife and I said, you know what? This is no life. Let's go back to what we know and decided to take our nest egg and jumped into real estate. So 2004, we went full-time. I had a two-month-old baby. I had a four-year-old daughter. And my wife and I had both said, real estate's it, and burn the ships. Did the Napoleon burn all the ships and no escape hatch. And I don't recommend that to people, by the way. It's not the safe zone. I really recommend have your income replaced before you, you know, cut off your income. But my very first deal was... In Bakersfield, California, it was a five-hour drive to go see this house. And that very first deal, it's a great story, but we ended up buying this property. Believe it or not, the seller offered us $10,000 to take the house, which is a great story in and of itself. But we bought it, and I bought it for 100 bucks. I gave the seller $100, $100 bill, actually, and closed the deal that night at the kitchen room table, brought the notary in. This is the way it was done back then. And I bought this house, we renovated it. And then six months later, we made 181 grand, believe it or not. So that totally set us, you know, set our sales in this business to never look back. And I love this business. There's so much opportunity. One is there's product everywhere, right? And we can all get into this business. It's not like buying a manufacturing company and you got to spend massive amounts of money right? You can actually, there's a kind of a low barrier, but it does take work. And a lot of people, I see a lot of people out there getting into this business, but they're breaking a lot of the best practices in, you know, real estate, nothing's new under the sun. It's like King Solomon said that, right? Nothing's new under the sun, especially in real estate. You know, you need to find somebody or find what works 
in this current market and then you need to actually duplicate it and follow it and then once you actually get it working you can improve it and i see a lot of people that are you know doing things and beating their head against the wall and not having the success that they should because they're not following what's working in this current market and and i i love talking about that topic because there's a lot of opportunity there's massive opportunity in every market this is a super hot market in most areas of the country and it's just a different part of the cycle right 2009 to 2013 the market was buying at the auction and buying hud properties and doing massive rehabs and money was very tight back then but the profits were huge and this market is very different this is more of an off market market the properties are not at the auction they're not on the mls you got to go hunt for them direct to the seller so very different but if you do it right regardless of the cycle you can make a ton of money that's awesome man what a story how did you buy a house for just $100 in bakersfield well the seller actually was in distress so he actually this actually came from a postcard it's kind of a funny story because the postcard actually I was I was marketing in Merced in the Central Valley and it was a termite guy <laughs> that I marketed to that actually had a friend who was also a termite guy in Bakersfield and said, hey, do you buy in Bakersfield? I'm like thinking to myself, I'll buy anywhere where I can actually make money, right? I don't care where it is. I bought in Vermont, but about everywhere in the country, <laughs> wherever there's a really great opportunity. And anyway, he owed 165000 on the property. And I knew as is it was worth about 205. So there was equity in it and there was a lot of work that was needed. And I knew like after repaired value, right? Because most of us have learned, you know, all I did is one course. I took one sort of course and it was a foreclosure course. I've actually had to buy foreclosures. Now, everything that was taught in that course was actually mostly illegal in the state of California. So I had to get some really good legal help just to make sure I was following all the laws. But the seller, I knew the seller wanted to unload the property and he was highly motivated. And so when I showed up there, ultimately I asked him what he was looking for. And he literally, I said, I'll give you $10,000 to take the house. And I said, wow, that's incredible. Walk me through how that works. And he owed 20,000. He was $20,000 behind on the mortgage. And he said, you know, if I come up with 10,000 and you come up with 10,000 to cure the mortgage, I'll just deed the property over to you. And I said, you know what? You don't have to do that, Joe. I'm a faith-based guy and I like to sleep at night. I said, I'll buy the house, but you don't have to give me any money. And so I said, how about $100? So we signed the contract and I ultimately bought the property. Now, how did I make so much money? Back then, nobody even knew what a short sell was. And I ended up negotiating the debt down to 31 grand. That's a whole nother story. I'm not gonna go into it. That's That's one for me sharing on stage or, in a small group over a few beers, but I got the property for 31,000 and through negotiating. And by the way, that was my background, right? I was on the sales side. I learned how to negotiate and it just happened that, and this, by the way, I don't think this strategy works really well in this current market. So I'm not doing this today, but you know, back in 2004 to 2007, this was very hot for, and nobody knew about this. No realtors were talking. They said, short sell, you can't negotiate. The bank's never going to take less than full payoff. And I'm like, hmm, really? <laughs> I think I did like 300 of those, by the way. Does that affect the seller's credit at all when you do that? Well, actually, that's a great question. It depends. 
It depends. In this case, no, it didn't. Sometimes the state of California, usually, like in many states, there's what's called a 1099C, where the bank will take, it will send the seller a 1099C, which is cancellation of debt for any shortage or loss. But in the state of California, just like other states, that does not apply for purchase money loan. It applies to other things. And so he didn't have that. And in some cases, like back in the day, you could negotiate around that. And so the acceptance letter was for full payoff and full satisfaction of the note. So it had no implication on credit at all. So the seller wasn't able to get any money. That was a requirement from the bank, which is the case today. But now there's so many new laws around that. And, you know, that negotiation with the bank, by the way, was literally a few days. Today, it's like beating my head against the wall. I would never do that because getting on the phone and talking to a bank, it's like you feel like you're starting over and they're not incentive. The banks actually make more money today when a property's in foreclosure and then not. So there's no incentive for them to try to negotiate. So I don't do that today. Makes sense. So then this is back in 2004. I guess you had a pretty good run. Did you have any uh, hiccups during the 2008, 2009 crash? I certainly did. Actually, probably more... So I started a direct mail company, the original company. It's actually part of realestateinvestor.com, the engine that I had built. We probably put a million dollars invested into it. Actually, more than that, because I raised some money to build that company. It's a technology company. And direct mail stopped working in 2008. It was, you know, direct mail for deals was kind of irrelevant. You didn't, when the market turns, and properties go back to the bank, you know, the deal, it's all about the deal flow, right? And the deal flow back in 2009 and 2010 and 2012, that deal flow was actually at the courthouse. It was foreclosure auctions or it was REOs, bank owned REOs. So as long as you had cash to buy, right, you could buy properties really cheap at the auction and nobody did direct mail. You didn't have to because, you know, there was cost in doing that. And so that business that I had, actually, I literally turned it off. So we had a business. I had 1,700 clients. And when the market turned, I literally turned that off in 2009. I shut it down So because it wasn't viable. And, and I actually moved into lending. I actually started a business where we were doing rehab lending. And we were lending the money to those rehabbers that were buying at the auction. And then I built a big company around that. That's good. So it sounds like you got affected, but not super like detrimentally to your business. Yeah. You know, the big picture for everybody following is real estate is a seven year cycle. It's been like that for over a hundred years, almost to the day. So 2001, 2008, you know, and seven years before that, seven years before that. Now, right now in this market, this is the longest extension we've actually seen historically. And I think we're kind of at the end of year 10. But a lot of the signs I'm seeing, we call it the euphoric stage. Like the euphoric stage of real estate is, you know, at the beginning cycle, 2009, everybody hated real estate. A lot of people lost a lot of money. And so everyone's like, what? You're in real estate? Why would you do that? Right? That's at the beginning of the cycle. At the late part of the cycle, everybody's talking about real estate. You know, you can't walk into a 24-hour fitness, you know, or a gym in the country without seeing the TV guys you know, with their TV commercials, right? Than Merrill at Fortune Builders, a friend of mine, he's everywhere, right? And Dean Graciosi, so all the guys that are selling the dream are there talking real estate. 
and everybody the going after off-market deals is super hot, wholesaling super hot, and that's this particular cycle. So depending upon where you are in the cycle, you know, different opportunities. Now, there's one thing that doesn't matter that's really cycle independent is sort of what Warren Buffett talks about as a real real estate. A real real estate investor, according to Warren Buffett, is somebody that has money and they buy a property and then they hold it for the long haul, right? And they take all the advantages of the real estate asset. So they're taking appreciation, they're taking depreciation from their taxes, they're getting a positive cash flow and they're holding it. And then down the road, they're 1031ing it, right? A lot of people right now, they call themselves real estate investors, but they're really not. They're business owners, right? Anybody that's wholesaling, anybody that's fix and flip, anybody that's rehabbing, that's really a business, right? It's a business and it's an operation and it usually takes resources and it's a job, right? Typically people have to work to continue to do stuff today in order to make cash and it's a one-time transaction. So those are businesses. So those are the ones that are more cyclical. And so depending upon, you know, people around real estate, it's like, you know, there's so many places to get a great return. You know, if if you're if you've got cash, if you're sitting on a 401k or an IRA, you know, you can buy passive, the true passive income. You can buy properties that give you a cash flow and it's more of a long-term asset. And I'll tell you, I tell this a lot when I'm on stage, Sean, like I regret selling in every single house I've ever sold. Every single one. I bought one in Palo Alto down by you. I needed the money, but I closed on it for 622 right off of Middlefield in Addison. You remember that? I mean, that's like right in the heart of Silicon Valley. Google's like walking distance by Stanford University. I bought it for 620. I sold it really quick for 790. So we made a nice profit, but that property today would be worth about 2.5. Yep. You know, so I really, I regret selling. And a lot of the people that are business operators, you know, that's transaction based. And I like that business, but, you know, it's a business. And I really think all of us who are in this niche, we should never forget passive income. And there's three sort of buckets in this business for like money. There's cash now, there's cash flow, and then there's cash later. And I see a lot of people that are just focused on one. All three are important for a healthy either business, you know, or what have you. So a lot of people that have money, you know, I've got a friend, he works at Cisco and he's buying rental properties, which is fantastic. He doesn't really care about the cash now. He's really about the cash flow and the cash later. And ultimately he wants to retire and he will, right? So he's been buying, I think he's bought, he's on the like property number 12. So I love that model. I know a lot of people that are, you know, live in California, they're buying what we call the linear market. So they're buying in Memphis, Tennessee or Omaha, Nebraska, because they're getting great returns. And, you know, they're more insulated from a downturn, which many of us speculate is coming. Right. And to your point, I know how painful it must be to like have a property that is now worth three times more than what you sold it for. But the thing is, I also talked to other flippers and I said, look, if you didn't sell that house, then you probably wouldn't be where you are today. You would have all your money tied up in this one house. So I guess it's like a give and take, right? Like you sell some, but you keep some if you can. Yeah. You know, one of the old timers. So there were a couple old timers that I really love. Jack Miller, Peter Fortunato, Dyke Spotterford 
you know, these are the real estate kind of gurus, the original gurus back in the 70s and 80s. And Peter Fortunato, I just saw him. I was actually at a mastermind in Tampa with a bunch of good friends of mine. And Peter was there and was talking about Peter Fortunato. <laughs> He's 72. He bought his first house when he was 19, before I was even born. And he said, he goes, I'm not as experienced as you guys. I've only sold six properties. Now he's acquired thousands of properties, but he's only sold six. And so we were kind of joking about it. And, and I'm more of the agreement. He actually said that he bought a house. He bought a house in Boston on the water, you know, 30 years ago. And he ended up selling that one property and exchanged into seven properties in Tampa. And because he was going to get more cash flow. And then he showed everybody the value. And holding that one property in Boston would have made him substantially more money. It's really interesting. Right. Yeah. But you probably know these things in the past. But I know, I know exactly how it feels. Yeah. You know, you only look at the past as a projection for the future. And, you know, it's really easy to say, I wish, you know, I w- would have, could have syndrome. But I look at like all the mistakes as a compass of, hey, you know what? Make mistakes. Just try not to repeat them again and again. So ideally, I would love to buy properties in Palo Alto and then hold on to them for like 30 plus years. But the problem is, how do you get the capital to do that in the first place? And that's usually why people flip so they can get that capital to invest long term. Yeah, for sure. You know, one of the strategies I love and I'm a huge fan of even to this day, this does require money. So it's not like you're going to make money completely out of thin air, but I love private lending. I love being in first position notes. First position because it's nice cash flow. I'm investing, by the way, I'm funding deals in Palo Alto and Menlo Park as we speak. I love investing. Like I don't want to buy there because there's an opportunity right now in this market for a change. So I like like, you know, sure bets. (laughs) I've been around too long. So I love putting first position money. So I'm funding, you know, where the borrower, the buyer, father, son came in and they put a million dollars in cash as a down payment on a property and a half a million dollars in rehab. And so I was one of the guys that funded for them. I think I'm at like less than 40% of the purchase price, not after repaired value, but I'm at 40% of the purchase price. And so, you know, downturn, you know, earthquake turns that thing into rubble. I really don't care. I know that, and I'm getting a nice 9% return, right? So that's hard to do. You buy an apartment, it's hard to get a cap rate, give you 9%. So I like, and I buy in other markets for the depreciation or other asset classes. So that's, I really love doing first position notes. At some point, I'm, I used to teach on that. At some point, I will again. But, you know, first doing that job, it takes me probably an hour from start to finish, like all the work, because I don't have to find the deals. I don't have to do the paperwork. I don't service. I do nothing except send my money and receive my check. And there's a way to do it that's safer. And that's why by working through brokers. So I don't actually, I don't find the deals and try to find the borrowers, if that makes sense. But I love private lending, being the bank. Got it. So you have a broker who connects you with the deal and they basically take like a point or two for originating the loan and then you just get your 9% every single month? Yeah. They service the loan just like Wells Fargo services the loan or Bank of America services the loan. They're a servicer. So they service the loan. They take a half a percent to service 
and I still get my 9% yield every single month. I've got this one deal that's you know typically short term. So my average turn is like six months to 18 months. And then I find another deal. And it's also pretty liquid if I need to get the money back because I've done, uh, I'm so low on the loan to value. It's, they're pretty liquid. I can actually sell those notes within, you know, one day I'm typically out of it. So I really like that. If you have cash, that's a great, great strategy for investing your IRA or your 401k that takes no work. You don't have to find the property. The downside is you don't get the appreciation, but in a market like this, I'm okay with that. In that strategy, I'm not looking for the appreciation. I'm looking for cash flow and I'm looking for my principal conservation, right? Against a market change. So if I'm looking for growth, then like me, I'm actually right now, I'm looking outside of California for growth. I'll come back to California, but right now in this particular climate, I'm not investing for the long haul here. And by the way, you know, the other thing is the cap rates don't work. Like I'm not a big fan of buying properties that you're going to be negative every single month, right? Exactly. So what other investment strategies are you looking at now? Well, I love wholesaling. I'm really good at deal flow. I'm really good at finding deals. So you're doing that now? You're doing wholesaling here in California? No, I'm in four different markets. I love Salt Lake City. I actually am south of the Bay Area. So I do some work south in the Santa Cruz area and a little bit in the Central Valley and actually a part of south of Portland. So there's a little market niche that we have found that's south in Oregon that I like. And so we do direct mail and I unleash my phone team. And so they tee up sellers who say, yes, I'd like to sell and the bedrooms and bathrooms and what the least amount of money they take. And then we get on the phone and make offers and close those deals. And so we're wholesaling some and then I do buy. Occasionally I'm getting a seller who basically will do carrybacks. So almost, you know, that's a whole nother discussion, but I do a lot of creative deals and I love those because, you know, I might make a $20,000 wholesale flip, but if I do a creative deal, I might make 200,000, but it might be over 20 years. And those deals I hold. Well, do you want to talk more about that? Sure. We can certainly do that. Let's see. So on almost every deal, I will, and by the way, this is my sales team. So I actually have people that are on the phone doing this for me and then they tee up. I'm like the VP of sales. So they'll bring a fully vetted deal and then I'll do the final discussion with the seller if needed. But we'll offer the seller a cash price. We do a kind of a multiple offer strategy, which by the way, for people out there, I think this is a super important strategy. I know all the big players, most of the big players are doing this, but a lot of like more junior people, especially wholesalers are just coming in with these crappy low ball all cash offers. And they're kind of wondering why their conversion rates are not so good. Well, we come in with you know multiple offers where we can offer a range to the seller that fits their needs. So I can come in on one property and I can say, hey, I can offer you all cash 200, but I could actually get you as much as 240 or 250 if you'd be a little flexible on how we pay you. And then if they're interested in that discussion, then all of a sudden we'll, you know, then we'll have the dialogue because I might be able to buy the property. Some of these sellers, they don't need the cash. They just don't want to be landlords anymore. They want to be out of the property management game, right? Tenants, toilets, and trash. And so they want the cash flow, but they also don't want to pay the capital gain because these are rental properties. And so I might be able to, you know, make an offer to the seller to pay them, you know, fixed payments for the long haul. 
And the IRS labels that as an incomplete sale, which means they can defer their taxes. And so some of these sellers love that. And that's a great strategy. And so I'd say one out of 12 properties that we you know, make offers on, we pick up one that's like that. And I love those. They're super creative. They're super fun. I can go in and compete with any other investor and win deals that they can't win. I did a deal in Fort Collins a few years ago that was three parcels and the seller wanted 20,000. He had a mortgage on the property and it was super, the property was a teardown. It was this one property on four acres in the heart of Fort Collins, super hot market. And based on the structure of the deal, I could have wholesaled that deal for 15,000 bucks. I could have made 12 to 15 grand, right? But I asked the seller, look, I could get you the price that you want, that 20 grand, if you'd be you know, a little flexible on how I pay you. And he said, okay, walk me through that. I'm like, well, instead of me coming in and having to pay off your current mortgage, if I could come in and maybe make a couple of the payments, because he was a little distressed, part of the problem is he didn't have the money to make the payment. It was kind of heading towards you know, missing mortgages. And I said, if I could make a couple of those payments and fix up the property and then resell the property, and get your, your money closer to 90, maybe 60, 90, 120 days, I could get you the 20 grand. And Sean, I made a hundred, we made $175,000 on that deal. And it was so much that I called the seller back and said, hey, I've got a present for you. And I wire transferred him an additional 20,000 bucks. Wow. And he's one of my best references, by the way. I can be with a seller and Henry will pick up any call at any time. I mean, he literally was in tears. I called him. Again, I'm a faith-based guy. I like to sleep at night. I'm like, you know, I made a lot more money than needed. You know, the deal was actually really easy. I, I relisted it on the MLS and got like crazy overbid offers. One of the largest rehabbers in Fort Collins bought the property, 50000 over asking and put, I think they put like a $100,000 down payment, non-refundable. It was insane. And it wasn't even the highest offer. It was just the best terms. Like I like the you know, non-refundable. And they were putting apartments. It was zoned for apartments as well. And so they wanted to build a big apartment complex and make a fortune. And I didn't see that. I, I knew it was zoned that way, but, you know, so, you know, I love coming in with the creative side. And so I love doing that. It really fires me up. I coach people. I've got a new course that's about to come out in advanced sales. I call it advanced sales training, revolutionary sales training and compression coaching, like a month of intense like selling of how to sell in this market. Selling means how to close sellers. And I see most people out there that have no experience and they're doing it all wrong. And so I love teaching on that topic. Like for instance, number one rule of sales in any industry, by the way, is he or she who speaks first loses. Okay. What that means is, you should never make an offer to a seller if you don't know that the seller is going to accept it. And so most of these courses and most of these people are going out there and making these crappy offers to sellers and then wondering why their conversion, they're only getting like one out of seven or one out of 10. Like our close rate's really high when we're on the phone with the seller. And we just slow the sales cycle down, extend it. You know, there's certain rules, you know, people buy and sell an emotion. They justify it with facts you know, there's certain rules of sales. And so I finally building a course to teach this because I see everybody doing it wrong. And I know a lot of our clients that use realestateinvestor.com have been asking and need the help because, you know, their conversion rates aren't as good and they're making all the mistakes because they haven't been officially trained. Yeah. 
I mean, right now we're basically learning by actual experiences. We don't have much trials, right? It's like school. We don't go to school for negotiations. We just learn by doing it. I know everybody makes it sound so easy. Well, this is a different market. This is a hot market. And I call this, this is not an order taker market. It doesn't mean you can just go out there with no skills and expect to you know, have massive success. Now you will have success, but not like you did three or four years ago. And so you got to sharpen up your sales skills and, you know, there's marketing, which generates the leads and then there's sales, which converts those leads. Well, here's a couple of things. 80% of all the deals happen after the fifth, between the fifth and the 12th interaction with the seller and less than 10% of anybody in this business follows up more than twice. Right? So it's, it's multiple you know, follow-up interactions that make all the money. By the way, that's a standard in any business. That is a standard number. Even Google says it's actually even more than that. And the other thing is I teach, you know, there's a motivational price curve with the seller. Well, you know, not all sellers are motivated yet. So if you're talking to a seller off of a postcard or cold calling, they're not necessarily motivated. And most people don't realize that. So they go in there, they make these offers and the sellers are not ready for any offer, right? They may want a million dollars and their house is only worth 500,000. Well, there's a just understanding the psychology or the anatomy dichotomy of the seller and where they are psychologically in the sales process allows my team and people that I train to basically make an, a range, right? Or slow down the, the offer. I call it the foot in the door strategy, which is, you know, like here's an example. In almost any industry, let's take the car industry. When you go to a car dealer, they don't just have one car on the lot. In fact, they don't have just one model. They got the low end, right? That's sort of stripped down, that has the smaller engine, right? And they don't have all the fancy you know, gears and it's not leather seats. So they have the lower end and then they got the fully loaded lend. In fact, they've got everything in between because people want the fully loaded highest, you know, with leather and everything, but they don't want to pay the price. And so it's the same thing. When you go in a seller and you make one offer, you're really hurting yourself. So you really want to be able to come in and make multiple offers, give them a range, right? And I'll give you a great example. I've been coaching this really, really neat guy. His wife was a cheerleader for the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. They're the cutest couple. They're in Dallas. Tyler flies jets professionally. That's what he does. He loves flying. He's been flying since he was like 12. And he lost a deal before I started coaching him just a couple of weeks. He was telling me about this deal because he came in because of the course and the courses and the training that he's taken to make offers. He offered 200000 and the seller really wasn't ready yet. Well, he lost that deal because somebody came in a few weeks later when the seller was motivated and the seller basically said, well, somebody else offered me 200,000 and the new investor said, well, if I could offer you a little bit more, would you take it? So the other guy came in and bought the house for 205. Now, Tyler could have gone and bought it for as much as maybe 215 or 220. But he just came in with a single offer where now he's going in, he's slowing it down because he's, I've been training him. And so his conversion rate's so much higher because he can say, you know, I'm going to be somewhere between probably 200 as high as 225,000 or 240. And then when the seller, you know, starts talking to other people, it's like now all of a sudden it's like Tyler keeps his foot in the door. So the seller will always come back and say, hey, Tyler, you remember you talked about as much as 240? I've 
I'm now ready to sell. Can you come back and we sit down? And Tyler wins a lot of those deals because he's following a sales process. I actually call it RAPID, by the way. There's an acronym that I teach on a sales process. It's a RAPID model. It's just a simple model to follow to have better response. Cool. And so I'm assuming you're using your realestateinvestor.com system to actually get these leads in the first place, right? Yeah. So realestateinvestor.com, we have a platform. We call it revolutionize your business, reinvent your life because real estate, I think there's three components for most of us entrepreneurs that get into this business. It's wealth. It's not just wholesaling. That's a tiny little strategy. Right. A lot of people do it. It's great, but it's kind of like learning how to build a house with a hammer and that's all you have. It's like, no, you actually want to learn how to be a general contractor and use power tools. Right. And then hire people below you to do all the work. So there's wealth building and wealth strategies. Then there's health because it's really easy to become a workaholic. And so there's that component. And then there's relationships of how do we do all we're doing and not becoming a workaholic and balancing with our families and, you know, having a life, right? How do we generate the lifestyle of both income and wealth building at the same time, having a life and not, you know, working 90 hour weeks. And so realestateinvestor.com is really doing that. We start with helping people put in, we've got software that really does the lead, what I call lead generation lead mining and refining. And that's all the follow-up. So we have technology that we give people inexpensive under realestateinvestor.com. We have a platform to do that. And then if people want, we have services that we can offer to do all because the systems have to be run by people. You can't just buy a system and expect you know to make money. You actually have to have people that do the work. So I have a team, expert team, that will do all the direct mail for people, pulling the mailing lists, proprietary lists that they can't even get themselves, You know, making sure the mail goes out and doing all the cold calling and all the text follow-up and even doing the research on the property. So we have the full gamut for people around the country, whether they're newer investors or some of the most experienced you know, people that are you know, doing 200. We've got Clay Manship as an example in Indianapolis. He started with us about four years ago, brand new. And I believe he did uh, 1.3 million in Indianapolis in wholesale flips last year off of direct mail. And he did another million or so in off of cold calling. And so we did all the direct mail for him and he had his own phone team. We've been kind of coaching him. He's in one of my masterminds and we've been coaching him on how to make even more improvements. We were just chatting that he could have probably doubled his revenue just by having a better uh, conversion on the leads that he got in. So you guys help offer with like a direct mail campaigns and as well as outbound phone calls? Yeah. So that's exactly right. To do it right, you've got to do direct mail, but direct mail does not work without a dedicated, it's called an inside sales agent. It's an ISA. So this is where most people get it wrong. You have to have somebody that's dedicated that's doing all the follow-up because direct mail will generate leads. But in order to convert those leads into appointments, there's a massive amount of phone work. This has been resonating. I was speaking at an event in Mississippi just a few weeks ago. And I talked about a diamond mine. Like, okay, doing direct mail, doing cold calling, doing any lead generation for sellers. Okay. It's like a diamond mine. Okay. So imagine wanting to offer beautiful diamond rings and charging a lot of money. Like we see all these retail stores that have diamond rings. Well, it doesn't start as a diamond ring. Somebody actually has to go in the mine 
and chip axe, right, in South Africa, which is super hard labor. And they got to chip the rocks, you know, and break them up. And then they've got to grind them or whatever to find the, the few pebbles that they get. And that's mining. And then refining is when you actually have to take those stones and polish them up and then cut them and then measure them and all the stuff that they do. And that ultimately turns into the diamond ring. Well, most real estate investors try to do it all, but you can't be in a diamond mine and run a real estate or a, a diamond ring retail shop. It's impossible. So a rule that I always share, like no real estate investor, nobody on this call, unless they're brand new and they've never done a deal before, should ever do prospecting. That should always be outsourced. You know, it's $10 an hour work. And, you know, us investors really were looking for, you know, 200 to 300 to $500 an hour for our time, right? And I always tell everybody, all businesses need a CEO. And if you're doing $10 an hour work as a CEO, you're going to have a $10 bank account. So you don't want to do the prospecting. You want to outsource it to an expert. And so some people will hire VAs in the Philippines. And instead of doing that, it's like, hey, you could just tap in for the same price of you trying to figure it all out and do it all. And then everybody forgets you still have to manage the team and keep them busy. And you have to be the expert because you're going to have to teach them how to do it. Why don't you just tap into realestateinvestor.com and for about the same cost, we can do it all for you. And so I've got the team and the experts and we plug that in for about the cost of one resource. So somebody for like, you know, paying 10 to $14 an hour, you can have a dedicated team that's actually doing all your direct mail and doing all your phone work. And then all you're doing is taking the vetted leads, the good leads, right? And then going and we even schedule appointments and then you go on those appointments and then you convert them. Now we're about release the sales training so that they can even get better at converting. Yeah, that's great. I think one reason why people are scared to, you know, purchase services like yours is because they're afraid of the cost. How much do you think people should save up and invest for marketing campaigns like yours? Yeah, so it's market dependent. Here's one thing. This is so hard for most people. I don't really get it. Any business, anybody that has a business in America will get this. But most newer investors, they don't. Marketing and sales is a return on investment. You spend a dollar and you make four, or you spend a dollar and you make 10. And marketing is a return on investment. So everybody gets stuck in, oh, it's going to cost me 32 cents a postcard or 36 cents a postcard or whatever. And they forget also about their own time. People don't even value their time at a dollar. It's like, hey, why don't you value your time at four bucks an hour? Because that's kind of what you're saying you're worth, right? To do all the work. And so marketing is a cost per deal. It's how much do you have to spend on the marketing to produce enough leads to get enough sellers that are going to convert that you can make offers to and then close one. Okay. So depending upon the market, I know like in Indianapolis, I know Clay is spending probably, it's going up a little bit, but I think he, he's spending about on direct mail, he spends about $1,100 a deal. And on cold calling, he spends about $800 a deal, okay, and the resources to do that work. So $800 to $1,100 produces him a deal that produces $12,000 in wholesale profits, which is a pretty darn good ROI. It's like a 10 or 11x. That spend a dollar, make $11, right? And his average churn is about three to four months. 
And he closes deals. Leads come in and a year or a year and a half later, he even closes deals because they're really good with our follow-up, the follow-up that the systems do, right? And the people do. In California, it's tougher. So like in the Bay Area, the cost per deal is pretty astronomical. You know, you're going to spend on direct mail here probably seven or $8,000 a deal. Now, if you're wholesaling in California, your profits are usually closer to 30 if you're wholesale flipping, right? Maybe possibly 25,000, but so your ROI, what we're finding is the ROI from market to market will be the same. You know, right now in, in the country, what we're seeing is about a 4X. So spend a dollar, make four. You know, a couple years ago, it was like spend a dollar, make six to $10. You know, it's more competitive right now, but it's an ROI. So it's very market dependent if you're doing direct mail. Now, what I do know, this is maybe helpful for your listeners, is typically it's about 45 leads should generate a deal if you're actually talking to the sellers and doing you know what's needed. You have to generate about 45 leads to close one. Now, that's off of direct mail. That's off of cold calling. That's off of Facebook ads. That's off of you know sending text message blasts, broadcasts, and things like that. It's all about the same. By the way, that number has really not changed. Ron Legrand and some of these other guys used to talk about that. We've done over 40 million pieces of mail and we're able to track all the results. So I think we're unique in the country knowing like, you know, what the conversions look like and the response rates. Awesome. So how does the whole process work? Do we just go on your website and sign up and pay by the hour or what? Yeah. So we used to be called, a lot of people knew us as REI Vault and we are a couple of days, depending upon when you're releasing this to everybody. February 1st is our official launch where we're rebranding everything under realestateinvestor.com. So we're about ready to make all the press announcements. We acquired, over the last seven months, we've acquired two software companies that are we've been integrating to everything we do. And we were using, not to get super technical, but we were using Podio. And we would provide a Podio system that was all built out to do all this stuff. And we've replaced that. So we're moving all of our existing people off of Podio into the new advanced technology. SaaS, it's a SaaS platform, software as a service. And so we're finally now just finishing up the website to announce. So people can go out to realestateinvestor.com and you can actually learn all about us. I got a lot of free tools and got a podcast that's realestateinvestor.com huddle. That's been out there for about a year. And I'm on Instagram, Gary Boomershine. I always post got to get more active. That's the one thing. I've, I've never been a much of a social media guy. I guess that's my age showing my, uh, my stress signs, right? I just turned 50. <laughs> you know, I actually hired a virtual assistant to do my uh, Instagram post for me. So, you know, you can have that outsource too. Yeah. That's awesome. I do. You know, that's another piece that we've done, but I love interacting with people. So I'm like, I'm actually, when people post on Facebook, I'm, I'm interacting. You can always go out to our realestateinvestor.com Facebook page or Gary Boomershine. And I'm always, I'm posting stuff out there and interview a lot of cool people. I interviewed, uh, there's a lot of real estate agents that use our service, top performers, actually some big people that use our service around the country. So we service real estate agents and investors. So I actually just interviewed the guy, Gary Keller is one of the top real estate you know, franchise brokerages in the country. They have over 175,000 agents. He's written multiple books and I just interviewed his vice president who wrote all the books. So one of the books is called The One Thing. And so I love interviewing and talking about how to be more productive and how to build more wealth and different strategies. 
just interviewed somebody that's buying commercial properties. He's in Colorado and how he's doing that in Colorado. So I love interviewing kind of unique people that are really doing the business today and kind of pick their brain on what's working and then share that to our community. Perfect. I mean, I'm doing the same thing even with you today. Yeah. You know, it's, it's awesome. There's so much free information and there's so many good people. There's a group of us that get together in Tampa every year and we call it the family reunion. And it's most of the people that are kind of contributors in this niche that have got great stuff and do coaching and things like that. And we come together and share kind of what's working and trying to set a higher bar for the market. Because historically, years ago, there was a lot of sort of, you know, smoke and mirrors in the industry. And it's really nice to set the bar. And it's pretty easy with social media. You can find out who's the real deal and who's not. And that's what's great about social media. If you don't have a great service or you don't have a great product, people, you know, you find out pretty quick, (laughs) right? Exactly. Cool. So do you have any last tips that you'd like to give our listeners before we end our show today? This is so hard and it's so easy, but most people forget it. And it's really having clarity of vision. Like it's really easy to sort of get trapped on a hobbit wheel in this business and trap yourself into a job, into a job. And I think kind of knowing where you want to head, we do a lot of this with real estate. I call it reinvent your life. We have a kind of a program that helps people with this, but getting clarity of where you want to go and the kind of lifestyle you want to be, and then defining, you know, how do you achieve that through wealth building and real estate, right? Somebody might just jump on wholesaling really fast, or they might, you know, do fix and flip really fast. And part of it is standing back. Like, you know, this is what all businesses do. This is what all entrepreneurs and CEOs, Silicon Valley, especially, you start with a plan and then you execute the plan. So that would be one advice is just, hey, make sure that you know where you want to head. Because it's not about doing 100 deals a year. It's about how much free time did you have and how much vacation you're getting and what's ending up in your bank account. And I prefer passive income. The second thing would be on passive income, right? A lot of people think that they need a million dollars or $10 million in their bank account. It's like, no, really what you need is about Ten to fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a month in passive income gives you absolute freedom to do whatever you want. And so, how can you actually build wealth and passive income, even if it took you two or three years to get there, or even five years where you'd never have to work again, right? And I think having clarity of that—that's why I started with you know cash now, cash flow, and cash later, and having a plan around that. And I talk to a lot of people. And there's a lot of people that don't do that. And I see that their trajectory is sort of always a flatliner and never goes anywhere. And and so having a plan, the people that are actually, I'm in a lot of masterminds and I know that the kind of the bigger players, they're always having a plan. And then also, if you're doing this business, you should know your numbers. You know, you should know what your revenue target is this year, what your cost per deal is, what your profit per deal is, some of your basic conversion rates. I've got some free tools for everybody at realestateinvestor.com on all that. You know, if you come out to our site, you can actually, you can see a lot of that stuff that we have. We've got a lot. If you're trying to do direct mail on your own, you're not ready for realestateinvestor.com to do it, but you want to learn how to do it yourself. I've got a guide of all of the tips and things that we've learned over all the years that we still do today. And you can go download that and have it as my gift. That's at realestateinvestor.com. We call it the definitive guide to direct mail marketing. Like, for instance, don't put a website on a direct mail piece. It will cut your response rate down by almost 50%. Don't send out pretty stuff. Like, 
you know, pictures and branding and all kinds of colors and stuff, it doesn't work. It might work, but not as well as stuff that's already proven. So, you know, postcards will actually outproduce dollar to dollar letters, usually. Letters have a purpose, usually for follow up, but not necessarily for finding deals, unless it's a super niche list, like a small list that's like super niche, you know, like a probate list. That would be good to use letters. But we do all that for people. I think we've tested over 350 pieces. Most of the stuff that's out there that's working that people are replicating came from us because we just do a massive amount of split testing. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for your incredible words of advice and those great tips. So how can people get in contact with you? Yeah, you know, realestateinvestor.com is one site. There's a button on there if you wanted to find out and schedule a time to talk to us. It's all low pressure. It's not a sales cycle. Happy to speak with you. Got a team that We'll answer questions and see if you're a fit, but also if we're a fit for you, but also you're a fit for us because there's a lot of moving parts. I have Instagram Gary Boomershine where I post what I call my morning minute. I need to do a little bit more of it, but a lot of tips as an entrepreneur, life lessons that I try to do in 30 seconds to a minute. I do that. And then Facebook, I'm definitely active on Facebook. So you can go to realestateinvestor.com or Gary Boomershine, either of those. Probably realestateinvestor.com if you want to be part of the group where we're posting lots of, you know, every time we post a podcast, we post it in there as well. So yeah, hopefully that helps. And then I do speak, not speaking as much because of the travel, but I, usually I speak, I don't know, 10 times a year, different places. Yeah, I saw you at the Sale and Safe Summit back in June of last year. So excited to see you again, hopefully. Yeah, I love speaking. I've Rafael Vargas, he's another guy. I love following him. He's definitely the real deal. I think they did like three and a half million dollars of wholesale flips. I'm going to see him in a week. We do a mastermind in Mexico, in Tulum, Mexico, about 50 of us called Multipliers. And so I'll see him. But I love speaking at his events. He invites me a lot to come share mostly sales, like sales tips of like conversion. Love what he does and that whole group. So yeah, I'd love to. If you guys heard me on this podcast, in this show, yeah, remind me. And then if you like what Sean does, he offers incredible stuff. Definitely like his podcast. And that really has an impact of getting, you know, liking definitely continues to spread the word and tell other people out there that this is good quality stuff. Because I know it takes a lot of work, right, Sean? And I love what you do. And you're definitely a contributor to this niche that we're all in. Thanks for the promotion. We appreciate it. All right, Gary. So thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, thank you. And thank all of your loyal listeners. Here are some of the key takeaways from this episode. The only true real estate investors are the buy and hold guys who take full advantage of appreciation, depreciation, and 1031 exchanges. Everything else is a business and is more cyclical in nature. If you're running a business, you need to be able to adapt to these cycle changes. Learn how to negotiate well to convert more of your leads and offer your sellers multiple offers to see what they want. Finally, you are the CEO of your business, so don't do $10 an hour jobs. Outsource everything and focus on the tasks that really move the needle for your business. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find the show notes and other episodes on our site, everythingrei.com slash podcast. If you live in the Bay Area, join our meetup group, where we meet up twice a month in San Jose at meetup.com slash everythingrei. And if you thought this was a great episode, let me know what your key takeaway was and share it with a friend who's interested in real estate investing. Thanks and have a great day. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It will only take a second and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at sean at everythingrei.com. That's S-E-A-N at everythingrei.com. Thanks and have a great day.